to the track, the wall makes the leap and makes the catch! Amazing catch by Junior! He got it! A perfect game! 13 strikeouts! Episode number seven of the greatest baseball podcast in the history of the world. Uh, <laughs> welcome to boys. number seven. Number seven. I don't know why they make me laugh so much. Anyways, welcome to uh, Champions Adjust, where we cover everything from bat flips to short hops. And uh, we're, so we haven't uh, covered bat flips, though. We haven't covered bat flips, yeah, which uh, we absolutely should. Doing because someone tweeted from our account that we will be covering the dynamics of the perfect bat flip. Someone tweeted it from <laughs> our account. I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. But we're back for another week. We're excited to share some baseball stuff with you. We got some cool things to talk about this week. But first, we're going to hear from our official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official, unofficial, unofficially, official, unofficial, 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 official, unofficial, sponsor. Bud Light. God's water. Come on, beer back. God's water. Come on, beer back. God's water. <laughs> You're an idiot. God's water. In the best way possible. Champions adjust. I think everyone's moved on by this point. <laughs> so if you're still with us. <laughs> so right, do perfect videos. If you're watching this on YouTube, you got a perfect shot. If you're listening to it on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I'm sorry for that intro, but we're back. Fellas, how are we doing this week? Today's June 2nd. What's going on? Great, man. It's my birthday week. Birthday week? 33. 33? 33. 33. That's 33. my college number, baby. Hey, let's yes, go. I'm turning this age because of your number. It's my fave. June 7th. June 7th. Well, happy yeah, birthday, Coach Bodson. Appreciate it. Mine's June 15th. Hey, what are you going to be? Uh, I will be 29 years old. 29 years old. I thought you were like 35. No, dude, I'm just hitting my stride. I'm just okay, hitting my peak. Sure. I know the beard and the sweet mullet, you know, it gives me kind of a peak age. Yeah, I think it's the wrinkles. And it's the stress. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It's the, mostly from just this podcast and having to sit down with you every That's week. Fair enough. Sandra, how you doing, man? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sandra, how's it going? Great. I feel like a sprout chicken. Yeah. I've never actually been around chickens enough. What are Sprite chickens and what's so great about them? Oh, that's just my thing. Okay, fair enough. Feeling good, baby. I love it. <clears throat> we got Sander here just coming from Pracky, so he looks good in his coach's uni. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 Represent. Dallas Tigers. Woo! Detroit Tigers stuff. It's cool. Dallas Tiger. All right, before we get to our first uh, segment that we always do on the show, the best segment in the whole entire universe. We are going to talk about June 2nd today because it's inaugural Lou Gehrig Day. MLB is doing this every year now to shed a light on Lou Gehrig, his amazing career, and uh, ALS. And so uh, it's, the third, it's the third of its kind. MLB has three days a year where they celebrate one specific person, Roberto Clemente, Jackie Robinson, and now Lou Gehrig. So just want to mention that before we dive into anything else. 
Anything you guys want to say about that? Oh. No? I mean, nothing out of disrespect. I, uh, I have nothing but respect for obviously Lou Gehrig. Um, but also I have uh, friends whose family members have been affected by uh, ALS. So I do love the, um, the gesture and I'm, I'm hopeful that um, Rob Manford and uh, Major League Baseball um, look to raise a ton of money uh, for research. Yes. Yeah. Is, is, is my overall hope. Yeah. The goal. Oh, you didn't have anything to add. <laughs> Just a tidbit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay, Dick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. All right. All strike right. one. Strike one, Bozzy. <clears throat> Here we go. Well, shout out to that. And uh, thank you, MLB, for, for making an initiative to spread awareness to hopefully find a cure for that, for that disease. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, now we're going on to the first and best segment of the show. Drum roll, please. It's Hall of Fame or Not featuring Adrian Gonzalez. Let's go. Adrian Gonzalez. Another first overall pick. Uh, he was the first overall pick in 2000 MLB draft out of Chula Vista, California. So without looking at stats, I don't want you guys to look at the stats yet. Just off the top of your head, what you know about Adrian Gonzalez, what do you say? And then we'll go into a little bit more detail after looking at the stats. Are you looked at the stats? Are you looking at the stats? <laughs> but before I look at the stats, I would have said probably uh, like a later, like he'll be on the ballot for definitely a few years before he yeah. gets inducted. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go yes on this one. You're a yes. I'm going to go drops off after three. Drops off after three. We will, will not get enough votes to be on the on, on the ballot for a fourth year. So you're a no. I'm a no. <clears throat> okay. I would say enough votes to stay on the ballot. I don't think he's going to have enough to go. Um, can I go in the um, how he was part of one of the worst trades in baseball history? Yeah, one second. Okay, so since you know the stats, go into a little bit more of why you say yes. Um, this one's more of an accolade thing for me. Um, he does have good impressive numbers he played a long time I think he he came up when he was like uh, 22 maybe um, but he played he mm-hmm. played a lot of seasons exactly. maybe 14 seasons yep. and he was uh, like a four or five time gold glove winner four or five time all star um, you know 2000 plus hits which is not necessarily moving the needle a lot of doubles 300 plus home runs I, don't, I won't go through them all, but he checks all the boxes, and I think he played, well, obviously he played very good defense as well. Yeah. Um, and then from everything I can tell, I can say with some confidence he was a, a pretty solid guy as well. Um, not that that matters necessarily, but, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, I mean, as we've discussed, it, yeah. it matters that to writers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, yes on this one, but not necessarily like a hard yes. It'll be... Few ballots before he he makes it. Cool. So Adrian Gonzalez, um, and I know you're gonna give me crap for it. It's, it's kind of a name drop thing, but um, <clears throat> segment would, in a segment, Hall of Fame. David segment, name drop. David Bonds name, name drop. Big old David Bonds name drop. Um, no, well, I, I, do you want that graphic? I, I Wait, is he the one you shared a locker with? I did. Um, so I <laughs> so I had the pleasure of battling for Adrian when I was sixteen, maybe seventeen years old. He was his um, personal bad boy. And um, <laughs> he had gotten traded uh, with Will Smith um, for Yugi Thurbina in 2003. And uh, so he came over to Frisco. Really nice guy, from my experiences. Um, down to earth, his, uh, 
No. Came to the Rangers from what organization? From the Florida Marlins. Gotcha. Florida Marlins drafted him first overall. Um, really nice guy. Um, ultimately, um, I remember because I also bat boy for Chris Young, who's now the general manager of the, of the Texas Rangers. They were both <laughs> traded to um, to the Padres for Adam Eaton. And that turned into one of the more lopsided um, trades of all time. Eaton had a terrible year with the Rangers. Um, and that, that was it. And then Chris Young ended up being a several-time All-Star. And then Adrian Gonzalez were having a conversation about whether he should be a Hall of Famer or not. And that was one of the first trades John Daniels actually executed as general manager hmm. of the Texas Rangers was, um, was that trade. Um, and I remember I was in junior in high school when it happened. And I wrote in my, uh, in my high school uh, sports page paper uh, about how it's going to go down as one of the worst trades in history when it happened, and then it turned into a terrible trip. Oh, nice. Um, but to that point... Um, that's a good, yeah. That's actually a good story. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and, and I can say the great family, um, Edgar Gonzalez, um, who had, had a little bit of service down in the bigs, um, is his actual, I think it's older brother, if I'm not mistaken, um, spent some time with um, with the, the Rough Riders when I was at clubbing for them, and also a really nice guy. He played for the Cardinals and the Nationals, I think. Um just nice, nice family uh, mm. all around. Raised the right way. Um, Gonzalez loved being in San Diego and LA because that's close to his family, and his family is very, very important to him. Right. Is really close to his father. Um, I when the reason I say falls off after three or four years, if you look historically at power first baseman, um, he was okay. He was an okay power first baseman, um, but I don't think that's a standard for Hall of Fame first baseman. Um, David Bosman's fun fact of the week um, the Rangers actually tried to turn him into an outfielder because they had Mark Teixeira and then he, he did not have uh, the ability to read the ball off the bat from right field so that's when they ended up trading him um, so great first baseman defensively could he have played other positions he tried did not succeed was not much of a utility guy but he was a very fantastic first baseman didn't have the arm for third base um, and only well, bats and throws left, it, so right. And he bats and throws left, so you know that does not help anybody at all. <laughs> very accurate, but that's why also another reason they try to put him in right field. Um, numbers are good, numbers absolutely warrant some votes in the Hall of Fame. I just don't believe that a five time all star, four time gold glove, two time silver slugger, um, 300 home runs at a war of 43, it's average at best, the 287 is a fan, solid batting average, I think he belongs in the, the, the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame for sure. Um, I just don't believe that he uh, belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame as a first baseman. If, no, I'll let you go, sorry. If he had yeah. gotten moved to a corner outfield position, same exact numbers, same defensive output, goal glove wise, do you have the same opinion? Because you no. just, you said before we started that you, you still think he's not? No, I, mean, I don't have the same opinion. I, I really don't know where I'd be out on that. I think that I'd be more... I, I think I would um, believe that he would garner more votes yeah. as a corner outfielder with these numbers. But as a power first baseman, I don't believe right. that he's going to stay on longer. And you also look at the comparables um, for his career... And I, I had looked into this last week, and I can't remember the names that I brought up. Derek Lee was one of them. There were a couple of them that you know, very like, like percentage-wise, he was like 90% comparable to these these guys, and they all dropped off after two or three years. 
Um, you on, did on your research. Um, I did, but that was also a week ago. And uh, <laughs> we come prepared here on Championship. We tried to, uh, but I just do my research like that day, and then like a week later, we we, we sit here and talk about it. And but uh, yeah, I, I just um, because of his position, I think that. Um, but because of his personality, and it doesn't matter to the writers, I think that he'll be a second, third year guy, and then he just won't get enough votes, and he'll just fall off. Is what I I think will end up happening. Cool. Aaron. So uh, that thought about position players and numbers and where they rank and stuff is a really good transition into what we're going to talk about next. Um, so if you're listening, hold that thought or hold that uh, idea. We're going to double click on it in probably two minutes Boom. about what are the hardest positions in baseball and what kind of positions do you look for with numbers and defense and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so we'll get into that in a second. But my feelings on Adrian Gonzalez, I say no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, not that he didn't have an amazing career and everyone should be proud of the career that he had. It was phenomenal, right? 14 years, like Sanders said, number one overall pick, which when you get picked number one overall, like we talked about last week, it's super hard to pressure. The expectations are everywhere. So I think for that, he definitely lived up to it because he's a top 10 guy uh, in terms of n- number one overalls ever, as we, as we looked at last week. But I think a Hall of Famer requires a few things. And me, for me, credential-wise, you got to have an MVP at least. Or in terms of numbers, you got to have at least 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, or an over 300 average. Like one of those three, I think, indicates a, a, an absolutely, for sure, Hall of Fame career. And he doesn't have any of those. <clears throat> and no MVPs, um, few gold gloves, few all-stars. Few all-stars, I mean five. So I say no but I wouldn't also be surprised if two, three years after he's on the ballot, he does make it in. But if I was a writer and it was up to me, I'm clicking that. Another thing that we don't think about very often, I just thought of, is he was expendable consistently throughout his career. He was traded from Florida to Texas to Boston, or um, to, to San Diego to Boston to L.A., um, where else I mean, his best that? years as a baseball player were from 2006 to 2010. He, he was great. Right? In those right. years, he had 24 home runs, 30 home runs, 36 home runs, 40 home runs, and 31 sure. home runs. But, so but for my, four straight years, he was over 30 oh, home fantastic. runs. fantastic. But my point being is that the Rangers, and for obvious reasons, his production wasn't fantastic at all, and they had Mark Teixeira. I mean, he, only, he didn't even um, play a full season. Right. I mean, it was 16 um, games, right. 43 games. Right, right. Um, so they, they traded. And then his first full I mean, season in San Diego, he crushed it. He, I mean, he wasn't the major piece of that trade either. Uh, Chris Young was the major piece of that trade, and everybody was shocked that Adrian Gonzalez had the season he did. Got him to a um, – got the Padres in his first year to the playoffs with an 82-80 and 80 record. And they got to the playoffs in the in the in West that year. Wow. But expendable, right? You know, he had a great career with the Padres, but then they traded him. I don't know if I would Boston. use the word expendable. Well, I, I, mean, I think that's a um, – That's a harsh word. It's a harsh word. word. It's yeah. a harsh word. But in the business sense – that's how the team fell. At the maybe at the tail end, right? But at not. the tail end. So then he went to Boston, and then Boston traded him, turned around and traded him to LA, which he had a fantastic career there. Yeah, um, yeah, he played well in LA but, for a few years, right? A couple thirty. Yeah. No team ever looked at him and said, "We cannot ever get rid of Adrian Gonzalez. He's not such a great clubhouse guy. He's not such a great ball player for us that we can't find a replacement for him." So what you guys, what you guys don't realize is he's still playing in Mexico. So jokes on you. We'll see what the numbers look like in a couple of years. Sure. He is still padding the stats, man. So that's fair. And there's some athletes in the Mexican league, man. Um, that's where Puig is right now. We talked last week. That's where Bartolo Colon is. 
Um, two of the uh, 2012 Arizona um, championship guys are playing on the same team right now. Um, Alex Mejia and Joey Rickard. Uh, there's there's some talent in the Mexican league. <clears throat> so just to uh, clarify our statements, you're a yes. I guess, yeah. You're a no. You're a no, but possibly maybe. No, I'm a no. Uh, I don't think he's going to last more than three years. Okay, then I'm a no, possibly leaning, could lean towards yes, but I'm a no on this. I'm an absolute no. Thanks, Adrian Gonzalez, for playing our segment of Hall of Fame or not. Hopefully you watch this and you share it on all your social medias so we can blow up and become the number one baseball podcast in the world and compete with starting nine. Who's, uh, who are we going with next week? And on next week's episode, we will talk about... John Lester. So that's cool. We haven't had a pitcher since Tim, Timmy, Timmy Lincecum. And so we'll talk about John Lester. <clears throat> so now, a couple minutes ago, I said we're going to double click on some position stuff in baseball. So we're going to talk about, spark from a discussion I had with some of my guys, some of my 13 year old kids over the weekend about catchers and how tough that position is. Maybe think about, uh, let's kind of dive in deeper about what the hardest positions in baseball are and what kind of offensive or defensive output we expect from each kind of position I'm, I'm, I'm a pitcher right first baseman pitcher myself Aaron you're a first baseman yep. Sandy you're a catcher without question in my opinion catching is the hardest position in baseball because you cannot take a playoff if you in any other position even as a pitcher you take a playoff you just throw a bad pitch as a catcher you take a playoff things can go poorly quickly you have to be focused and give all your effort consistently. And then it doesn't matter what, what the weather is. It could be 123 degrees outside with humidity. You still have to put that gear on. You still have to be back there crouching down, which is a leg workout on its own for nine innings. And you have to you know, dive in front of baseballs. It could be a brick wall. You have to throw guys out. It's just the, the, the intricacies that go into catching well. I mean, catching as it is is hard. You can, you can be a bad catcher and still work your ass off. But catching well is just a beyond my – I I never would have cut it as a catcher. And I consider myself a decent pitcher, and I thought I was I was decent at playing the head games and had a lot of fun. I think it's a very tough position because it, it takes a lot of male strength to be a pitcher, but I never would have made it as a catcher. That's my opinion. <clears throat> Sander, what do you think? Hardest? Yep, hardest position. Um, yeah, I mean, I lean towards catcher. Um, it is tough. But at the same time, uh, as a catcher, you have to be good defensively. You have to be, you know, great defensively, um, and you have to have some intangibles like being able to call a good game and like direct the field. They say like catchers the quarterback of the uh, of the defense or whatever. Um, so I lean I lean that way. But man, I would I would never make it as a third baseman. Like the hot corner guys are just like making incredible plays. I think that's an extremely hard position. Um, and I don't necessarily think that like the level of difficulty correlates with the like level of value you hold as a as a player on the field. Like if I'm going to build a team, I'm going catcher, shortstop, center field, like up the middle. Sure. Um, and those aren't necessarily the hardest positions, um, but you you want to build your team around them. So I don't know if I if I couldn't say catcher, I would say third base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm here. I'm here. What? <clears throat> just thinking about dead, what he said. Dead, dead airspace. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting just to, it's okay. just we can to double double click on that. Yeah. Uh, I do like that. I think it's like interesting that, that like the dynamic of like different positions that you have to hit well at. So 
as a catcher, you can be a not as great a hitter. You're not, you know, in the big leagues, they're not necessarily looking for guys hitting hitting 40 home runs a year. Well, no, you can you can make it as a great great defensive catcher and a lighter hitter or a guy that can at least like hold his own at the plate or whatever. But if you're ten and be a great defensive catcher, and you'll have a job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you're a great defensive first baseman, you still have to hit you know 20, 30 home runs a year to have value. And in center field, you can't just hit. You have to you know be good defensively too. So there's a lot that goes into you know being the hardest position on the field, but the hardest I guess to provide value is a different conversation. If you were uh yeah, I think catcher overall is the hardest position. Um, just generally speaking about every dynamic that goes into it. For me, I became a first baseman because I could not play third base. I was very bad at defense in high school and my first couple years of college. And I just could not figure out third base. I just, so I've got to play because I could, I could hit a bit. Uh, and then by my last couple years, in college, junior, senior year, I became a very good defensive first baseman. Um, and really what that entails is being able to pick the ball. You know, sometimes you have to throw guys out at second uh, and being able to field the balls that come to you or just at least keep it in front of you. But as a first baseman, your job majority of the time is to swing it. That's basically your job title and just be adequate enough at first to catch, to catch the ball. Uh, and so, I mean, I like that. The only, the really, the love of the game for me was hitting. And so that's why first base fit for me. I'm also kind of a bigger guy. Sure. Uh, so that's cool too. But I'm an athlete, okay? I can move it. Hmm. Hey, don't pigeonhole me. I'll play shortstop right now for a men's league team. <clears throat> but my question here to you guys now would be, after I talk about myself, is if you were starting a baseball organization, major league baseball organization, you had three picks. What positions would you pick first three? Sander just said his. Not necessarily. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't account for pitching. You have uh, three picks. I'm obviously we're not talking about players. You can name a player if you want yeah. that you would take, but three picks you have to start your team. Uh, what would you guys pick? I'm going catcher, shortstop, starting pitcher. Yeah. Pods. I'm going. I'm going with your initial thought. I'm going catcher, shortstop, center field. Hmm. Captain of the outfield, captain of the infield, captain of the field in general. Those mm-hmm. three positions are the captains that I need good leaders. Is this, is this there. big league baseball where you have to have five starting pitchers? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I actually just had this conversation with somebody who's like, who would you build your team around? They said, Jacob DeGrom. And I asked, why would you, if it's one person, why would you pick somebody who can only play once every five days when healthy? Versus a young, solid bat that can electrify your entire lineup for 150 to 160 games a year. That, to me, seems more important. As a pitcher. Because you're not going to win it. any type of World Series championship if you don't have a number one. Sure. But, and that's fair. But look at the New York Mets, who have a great number one. But they don't have offensive output. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a good argument for not going pitching. Yeah. I mean, they, they got a shortstop who they thought was going to get offensive output. Sure. So they, they tried to put the right pieces in yeah, place. A lot of money. Uh, and they got my dude, Stroman, who's an absolute rock star. Let's go, Stroman. He's a great number three. Yeah. Great. Sure. He was in the news today. He was. We can talk about that. Shout out to him. I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Okay, anyways, uh, we can touch on it later if we want, but... Uh, I would probably go same as you, but I think I would go catcher, starting pitcher, center fielder. 
straight. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I was torn. I was torn between short and center. Yeah, I think I could. I, I think I, I. I have a lot of trouble leaving starting pitcher off. I mean, it'd probably be an easier choice if we had five first picks, right? Because then it would be pretty pretty yeah, standard yeah. starting pitcher, catcher, shortstop, center fielder. I don't know who my fifth would third. be. I'd say third, left side of the infield or middle infield, like maybe a closer Probably middle infield. I remember um, the Angels back in the uh, late thousands. They had this uh, a super strong middle infield. And not much can get past them. And then made them a better team. And just, they were an average team at best around them. But holy shit, they had a great middle infield. Let's... And, uh, and Hendricks and... Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, I don't know. The only Angel second baseman I know is my guy, David Eckstein. Mm. I think you got to account for demand, too. So, like, I think it's much... I think great shortstops are harder to come by than great center fielders. At least defensively. Sure. Right, so... Um, I mean, you can almost move a corner outfield guy to center field if he's good enough defensively, or you can move it. You can move a middle infielder to center field. Nothing, you know, no discredit to center fielders, but if if you can move, track read a ball off the bat, track it down. I, I am very much discrediting center fielders, but you can't move a guy from the outfield necessarily to shortstop, right? Uh, the, the, so it doesn't work the other way. True. So I think a, a shortstop is. Probably a little bit more valuable than a center fielder. That's why I went that route. That's fair enough. So if we could rank hardest to easiest, and I don't like saying the word easiest because uh, every position in baseball is very hard. And it, it comes, like with Sanders said, its own positives uh, and what they expect from you and the pressures of that position uh, and their own uh, difficulties that surround playing that position. So respectively speaking, every position is hard. We're not trying to discredit that. But in terms of a major league level caliber team, uh, how would you rank positions hardest to quote unquote easiest? I'm not going to go through all nine, but I'll We're going to do it together. So one, we, we all agreed on catcher. Catcher, yeah. Two, shortstop. Shortstop. Uh, or third. Short or third, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, my second is short. Mm-hmm. I think my third is pitcher. Okay. Anybody else? Are we? Are, am I yeah, I, I, first? I, I would throw a starting pitcher in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So that's three. Yeah, okay. I, I would say then fourth, third. Third. Third is a very tough position to play. It is. Um, Five's got to be center. Five center. Uh, Six second base. No. 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 No, it's. I mean, right field is a very tough position. I honestly, I'm putting first base up there. You can't I'm have a liability over there. You can't. It's a, but it's a tough position, and if you're accounting for offense as well, which I don't know if we are. That's fair. You have to. I you have to. Hit. So. And I, only from my experience, I mean, my 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 backup second baseman on my team can play, or my backup shortstop can play first base. Like I don't, I don't need the greatest person ever. Need somebody who can pick the ball and get the ball in front of them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, I put, it's I put also different in little league and yeah, yeah it's it definitely. Is. No, you're right. You're right. So I'm there's not across the board. It's not comparable. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I would probably put six as left field. Okay. And then I would probably go right field. And then I would go second. And then I would go first. That would, that would, I would. I I'd agree with your ranking. That would end my because I I, I I would maintain that first run through. It's still a very important position. Now, if we're talking about offensive output, yeah, what we expect, different. then the, the whole order is different. Yes. You know, then the corner guys come first because they're expected to hit the ball yeah. on both sides, infield and outfield. Second base is generally a guy who's usually just a defender. 
Sure. Shortstop and center field are usually your best athletes and players. So they can they're supposed to be able to do both. Catchers hit two fifty, but catch the baseball and you know be a wall and throw people out and be a leader and all these things. Uh, pitcher, depending on if you're a starter, reliever, closer, that's your role uh, there. Yeah. And then designated hitter, obviously, just supposed to hit. Even though the National League should have, should have a designated hitter, but you know. I love, I love when pitchers hit it. No. Very good. For every um, Wainwright, Wainwright's a, a solid hitter. I love watching Wainwright hit. I think if you're going off like big league positions and guys who play those positions, like the number nine spot, I would give to left field. You've got guys like Kyle Schwarber, who is, they stick him out there. Willie Calhoun, definitely. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, who yeah. we don't talk about anymore. Screw that guy. I'm I'm a Braves fan, but fair enough. I, I, I was I've heard enough. Uh, we don't have to talk about yeah. it. But we Marcel, can. he was a one-time Gold Glover, but he's he's trashed defensively now for the most part. Um, so just going off of like that alone, um, it's, it's not you can't just stick guys out there. But those guys are not fit to play right field because they probably don't have the arm strength. They're typically your strongest arm is in right field or, or center. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's just kind of what I thought, but it's a conversation. Yeah, it's all up for debate. Everything's subjective. It's a conversation. It's cool. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? No. Do we want to uh, talk about these All Stars through May? That would be fun to talk about next week. What All Stars through May? Yeah. Um, so we can do our research on. I mean, I really don't know enough about <laughs> what Austin Riley's done this season. Apparently, he's, he's an All Star this May. Man. Yeah. Apparently, he's doing phenomenal. But I just don't know. That. And how's Acuna not on that list? Yeah, how's that? That's brutal. Well, I mean, it's John Boy, and John Boy isn't, isn't looking what the fans are going to say. He's yeah. saying. Shout out John Boy, by the way. I mean, if you ever find out that we exist, I love everything you put out there. Yeah, so. Why don't you start tagging them in all of our posts? I will. John Boy, coming at you, baby. <laughs> with with a lot of heat. Love everything. Yep. <clears throat> okay, that's a good conversation, though. I'm glad we touched on it. Uh, so, yeah, let's go into. You didn't play this weekend, your team's didn't play? Nope. Had a good weekend? Uh, yeah. Golfed. Yeah, I played three rounds yeah. of golf. Can't nice. complain about that. Your wife shoot too? She danced on Sunday? Yeah. How'd she play? She played better than me. I mean, not necessarily score-wise, but given her ability, she played pretty well. Nice. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out Ryan. Ryan Bryan. Love it. What a great name. Oh, it's a good thing. I'm going to steal that name from my next wrestling partner. Do it. Do it. Did I text she, you? She might actually wrestle with you. I don't know. You yeah. ask her. She want to be my tag team partner? She's, she's pretty fierce. I mean, she's like she? five feet tall, but <laughs> she'll probably kill somebody. She'll get somebody over her head. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, we played this weekend. We did play. Let's I'm talk about our weekend uh, as a team, weekend. how we did, how we played, and then we'll end you with a little bit of story. Yeah, we got a story. Um, no, I'm really excited about how we played. Last week, we got, you know left in the dust by, um, uh, by by a man who doesn't need to be named who quit on us uh, who pulled his kid off our team and really left us without a big piece of our team in a triple A tournament we got our butts kicked and that's okay though I mean it was a learning experience and we went back down to a uh, different level that was more our speed this past week and um, first game got one hit against a team that we beaten before so I, I I think I counted I, I said the word embarrassing in my post game speech at least Four times, maybe five. Said, hey, I'm not angry. Did you see me curse? Did you see me throw anything? No. I'm just embarrassed. It's embarrassing how we approach the plate and we act like we didn't want to be up at the plate. Nobody wanted to hit. We lost 6 nothing against a team we should have beat. Um, then I said, 
you have an hour to get your mind right. And then we're going to be back up. We're going to get ready for the next game. Well, the next game, we were going up against a team that was 10-0 on the season. For whatever reason, whether one way or another, they are 10-0 on the season. And we ended up taking it to them and beating them 13-2. to Let's go! So that was a, a lot of fun. I was really proud of our guys for responding to the call and saying, hey, because I also threw, I think, in my post-game speech of game one, I, I think several of you guys didn't want to be here, and please come talk to me if you don't want to play the next game, because I need to know that, because it looked like a lot of you guys didn't, and I already have, I have an idea of who I think could come up to me, so if you don't want to play the next game, just let me know, because it's not fair to your teammates for you to come out here and not swing the bat and not care at the plate if, you, um, you know, if you're out here for your teammates, right? Um, but yeah, we, we came back and we we we, um, we, we won thirteen to two, so that was cool. Um, so part of the story is that the first base coach of that team, the entire game was complaining about every single call that went against him um, during that uh, thirteen to two schlacking. Were you guys and in the first base dugout? We were in the first base dugout the entire weekend. So I heard, and so me being the head coach, I'm also on the third base side yeah. where he is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. for two straight games, I heard everything he had to say the entire time because he's not quiet. So um, this first game, you know, he's really getting on my nerves. He was getting on the umpire's nerves. He got warned. He was almost thrown out a couple of times. Um, he was really rude and abrasive to the kids on the team. They lost 13 to two. And sure enough, bracket play comes and we, we, we draw him again. Playing them again. Here we go. Monday, noon. Monday, noon. Um, Baseball Nation South. Bold Springs, Texas. And Dallas Tigers versus Comets. So we get out there. <laughs> Comets. And they were, they were <laughs> they're not from the city. They're just the Comets. I don't know where they're from. No, they were the Texas Combats. Texas oh. Combats. Texas Combats. Thought Texas it was the Comets. Comets, Comets sounds like a... Played them Combats. two straight games. Sure. Lived in their jersey for about four hours. Still got no idea. So... Your girls basketball got, team. <laughs> yeah. So they're... Um, so, so again, first base side. And it was a good game. You know, when they scored, we scored consistently and there were some really solid like zero zero innings. I think our first inning was a four pitch um start. Six, six pitch start. Or six pitch start? Yeah, by six Cooper Sunk. Six pitch start I thought it was four. Six. Okay. It was six pitch start by Cooper Sunk. Fantastic outing on his part. Um and um again the first base coach was berating him. I think Sunt actually picked a guy off at first base and the guy was complaining about it being a being a balk. So I finally looked at him. I'm sitting on my bucket and I kinda look at him. I said, dude it's 13U baseball. It's double A. Calm down. <laughs> he looks at me, what? I said, it's 13U baseball. Chill. You need to chill. And he's like, oh, F off. This is a fuck off, man. This and that. And I was like, you're going to get yourself a heart attack over 13U baseball. Yeah. And then I just kind of turned back to the field. And I'm, you know, Cooper Sun with the nasty pickoff oh moves. God, nasty yeah. pickoff moves. Fantastic. Because yeah. we talked about being aggressive, and I finally got into his head saying, hey, you don't got to come set in and immediately pick. Play with them a little bit. Step off. Wait three or four seconds. Make them think that you're going to go to the plate and then pick. And it worked. It was fantastic. Also, quick shout out. Um, much love to Owen Quinlan is on our team who has worked his tail off all season long. His little brother is 11 years old. Came and caught a few games for us. Dude threw two game guys out on uh, on Sunday. Nice. Like, just an absolute yeah. gamer. 11 years old. Hell I think it was three for four on the weekend with, like, four RBIs and a couple walks. Yeah. 
He's uh, got a Joe Mauer-esque swing dude, from the left he side. He just kind of just has a little dude, sweet swing. Joe little, Mauer-esque little pops attitude in there. behind the play. Like, every time they ran, he just goes, shuffle, shuffle, and they, I mean, they uh, absolutely can. I think they, they attempted four steals. He picked, he got two of them. Mm-hmm. So 50% success rate. Being an 11-year-old playing 13U yeah. baseball, I was extremely impressed. <clears throat> Liam, I know you don't like the attention, but I'll say it again. Huge shout-out to you for the way you played. Thank you so much for coming out and being gritty for us. Um, You're signed. Contract's in the mail. Boom. So, anyway, we fast-forward. Things didn't go our way. A couple calls didn't go our way. A couple plays didn't go our way. We end up losing in, in, in the last inning. We end up losing 11-9. Um, Throughout the game, and I'll backtrack, we, we tagged his son. This guy, um, this coach's son, was, was a starting pitcher. Really good ball player. Really good ball player. Really nasty fastball. Really nasty curveball. Too hard for 13. Yeah, really hard. And um, so, really I, so I, I pulled everybody together yeah. and I, I, I taught the kids the trick. Uh, hey, to slow the game down, you stare at the logo. And then as they're in release, you, you look at the ball. It slows the ball down and you'll be able to see the ball better. Once we started doing that, we tagged him for seven runs. Got pulled out of the game. His dad, the first base coach, pulled him in the left field and mother effed him for two minutes during a pitching change. I heard every word he said. It was all horrible. And again, it's his son. I'm not a parent. I can't really speak to that. But as a coach, I was offended by the way he was talking. As a human being, off. I haven't said that. I know. Well, I just did. That's love number it. one. Boom. Chalk it up. Love it. Number one. Yeah, I love it. Shout out to Sander. Um, yeah, we'll get a human being yeah. tally on the, on the yeah, bottom man, left corner really of our screen. We can start getting some graphics going. Um, <laughs> We're gonna. Squ- yeah. Oh, he's triggered. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. We saw this last week. It's rude. It's rude. Don't interrupt. Continue me. your story. Anyway, so. High five. Um, We've lost him. Come on. So, so he's doing that, and the kid's crying. So I have to go up to the kid and say, "Hey, it's okay. You did a great job." And he's in tears. Like, for what it's worth, as an opposing coach, it was really hard to hit you. You are a phenomenal ball player. Great job. And your dad's an asshole. Yeah, and your dad's an asshole. (laughs) Well, this guy's over on the other side throwing buckets into the dugout. (laughs) This and that. This and this and this and this. So then after the game. He comes up to me and he's calm and he goes, sir, good game. And I looked at him and I said, if I ever come across you again and I see you treat kids the way you did today, I will knock you the fuck out. And he said, excuse me? I said, I don't care about it. And he said, that's my son, sir. I said, I don't care. The way you treat kids, the way you treat umpires, I will knock you the fuck out. And then it kind of blew up and his wife stood up and started yelling and she... She <laughs> she said something she probably shouldn't have been saying in her current state, and it was just a, it was it was a whole thing. And then as soon as Aaron stood up, everybody was like, "Okay, never mind." <laughs> Jackson, this <laughs> Jackie Stone. Um, Aaron was like, "No, your best position in coaching is from the car." So uh, yeah, after the game ended, I knew that I I just had a feeling I was getting upset. I just don't like how he talks to people just in general. Apparently, he's talking to our guys too. I found that afterwards. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my like biggest things. I told Boz, and this is the beginning of the season. Like, I don't. You guys don't know me, obviously, but some of you do. I'm a pretty calm, cool, collected person, uh, and I. But I, I just care about a lot about how other people treat people. And the only thing that gets me upset is when things like this happen. I'm not a confrontational person. I don't like to fight. <clears throat> That's not really my vibe. I know I'm a pro wrestler, but it's entertainment. Anyways, so I had just a gut feeling. 
that something was going to happen at the end of this game because Bodzin had been saying that he wanted to do some stuff. And I was like, just if you want to do some stuff, let me know. I'll handle it. I got your back, whatever. So they come off the field. I see Bodzin in this head, in this coach, like, you know, close-ish. So I knew Coach Bodzin was saying something, didn't see what or didn't hear what was said. We'll take his word for it. That's what he said. Uh, and so Bodson's then walking away. I make eye contact with this guy. I said, I think your best coaching is done from the car, so you should just go there now. <clears throat> that was it. Sets the wife off, which kudos to her, man. She's having her That's my husband. Having her husband. You back. That's my husband. Right. I respect that very much. She stood up, started screaming at both of yeah, us. I just said, Hey, please relax. Everything is fine. This is done. I almost jumped the fence and fired. And that's when I pulled Bodson by the chest back into the dugout. We came into the dugout. They immediately exited the field. Uh, umpires came over to us. We talked to them for a bit, apologized. Then the head coach from the other team came over. His name was Jason. Nice guy. Josh. Josh, sorry. Nice, really nice guy. Really nice guy. He came over, kind of apologized, talked very well to our, our pitcher who threw his ass off. Yeah. Um, just kind of. And, 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 and in fairness, I apologize to the umpires. I apologize to the yeah. director. And I apologize to the head coach for my confrontational attitude because I'm not usually that person either. I'll usually internalize it and say, hey, I'm just going to. You know, uh, we'll right, 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 right. Yeah. But my thought process was this guy clearly had not been called out for his actions. Yeah. And it needed to happen. Yeah, no, he, he needed to take accountability for that. Sure. And nobody was going to say something. And this guy was going to go home thinking he had a good day at the office. And somebody needed to remind him, hey, you're around 13 year old kids and you're acting the way you're acting, throwing buckets into the dugout because somebody didn't get to the ball in time. Like, that's just unacceptable to me. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened. Yeah. I um, hope you guys play him again. Oh, my God. Um, we did that. Uh, so, uh, I fully expected uh, his wife to be waiting in the parking lot with yeah, a baseball bat ready for me. Just great. kidding. Um, <clears throat> they went home probably had a nice day. We went home, and then we went to the Macquarie's house. Macquarie's. Shout out Macquarie's. Had a, Macquarie. uh, really so that was actually party. a cool thing that, um, that, that happened was um, had we won this game, we would have been sitting in the parking lot for two to three hours, and then we would have gotten rained out. But because we lost, we went to a pool party and we got to enjoy each other as a team and hang out and have some pizza, um, which, you know, I obviously would always prefer to win than lose, but we had a lot more fun because we lost than we would have if we had won, which, I mean, it's kind of ironic that the things kind of went the way they did because the team is closer today because we lost than they would have been if we had won mm-hmm. because of the experience from the party. I saw a picture from y'all's little pool party yeah. and freaking Krug. Is like two heads taller than even you guys. He looks like the assistant coach. He is. Yeah, Tanner. He is. Tanner's the assistant coach. Like he's, that kid. He's the man. He's a, he's a he's a little leader. He's awesome. <laughs> anyway, that's our weekend. I'm really proud of the guys. Um, we actually uh, we're not having practice this week. I told him like, you know, Monday we got our hearts broken. Usually we practice Tuesday on our off weeks and not practice Thursday. I said no practice Tuesday. Do EFTF. Do classes, which I saw seven of our kids tonight. Um, you know, in classes when I was walking out. So that was that was awesome to see. And, uh, you know, they, I, I would argue that we're playing our best baseball right now. We have one tournament and one World Series left, and we are we are gelling and playing our best baseball right now, which I'm really proud of, considering uh, how, we, how, we, how we started the season. You know, we're a, we are a much better team today, fundamentally, physically, and just the way we handle ourselves than we were three months ago, yeah. which I think – attributes to how we've done our jobs, but also to how the kids have um, 
have reciprocated. They and did it. They put in the work. And they put so much work into doing this. They put in the work. And it's, it's incredible to watch. Obviously, you know, our job is, is essentially to try to help them develop, but they have to want it. And they clearly have improved. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, graduation goggles <laughs> as the season comes to an end. Um, because I, I, I wish we had a few more tournaments to see how this could play out. But we, we have one more. Um, we got for next. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I only have one tournament left because I'm out of town for our uh, our next tournament for the World Series. My birthday weekend, I'm headed out to a cabin with some friends. In the woods. In the woods, yeah. And so I'll do. I'll be at the uh, the World Series. It'll be our last tournament together as a team. And uh, we'll see where things go from there. But I'm, I'm proud of the boys. Like I said, after our game on Monday, I love you and I'm proud of you and I mean that. And so... Sander, do you have any uh, closing thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, funny stories before I uh, say my last thing? No, man. Uh, back at it this weekend. Big League Dreams. Big League Dreams, baby. Here we go. Big Booch is back. Big Booch. Big Booch is back. You got your first baseman yeah, back. It's almost, a dingers. We're almost back to full strength. Full strength. When we get Nate Jefferson back. But uh, what this, what's watching this guy coach over the weekend made me think about is made me think about that. The biggest detriment to human potential is not being able to take an honest look at ourselves. And so take that home with you, see what it means to you, because if we're not honest with ourselves, if we don't look in the mirror and say, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm bad at, this is what I need to improve at, then you're, you're limiting yourself and your potential. <clears throat> and that's not bashing yourself, that's not saying I suck at these things, I'm the worst human being ever, no. That's saying I'm really good at these things, I do these things well, these things I can improve on to reach my highest best self. Um, so taking an honest look at yourself is one of the big key factors to peak performance and just being an overall well-rounded person uh, in life, human being. And, and to that point... Um, but yeah, think about that and uh, think about what it means to you. But go ahead. Can I... Can, <laughs> Go ahead. Um, to that point, I think, you know, you said like watching me and then we talk about like personal development and seeing who we are. And I talked to you guys about this like three weeks ago. I didn't handle a loss very well, right? Like the, the, the wheels came undone and the, the yarn became unraveled and I did not handle it very well. And you, you had talked to me about being, wanting to be a calming presence for your, your team. And so I've taken that approach. And I, I think that what I did was a few weeks ago, I looked at I'm really good at doing these things. I really need to improve upon my body language, which I've known since I was coaching with Lovell, was he would tell me like, hey, they can see your body language when you when you get upset about this stuff. Um, and I think this week I did a considerably better job sitting there and when things would go poorly, I would say, hey, it's okay, reset, we got this, you're just fine. Um, which goes to what you talked about, which is always looking to improve and then and looking, taking a look in the mirror of who we are and what we're good at, but also what our weaknesses are and how can we improve upon that so we can become better? Because as human beings, um, every, I think every day in any profession, any, um, any, any role you're in, whether you're a 13U baseball player slash student slash son um, or a 33-year-old almost uh, fiance, future husband, coach, sales director, it's what am I doing? Job titles here. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, so I don't know if we have enough time for me to go through mine. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, um, but um, what are we? What are we good at? And, and what are we bad at? And how can we improve upon what we're bad at? Because there's always something we can improve upon. And uh, I think that's, that's honestly to me one of the purposes of life 
is um, is is improving upon our weaknesses and then becoming better, not just for ourselves but for those around us, so that we can uh, lift those around us up higher. Sure. That's my philosophical moment of the day. <clears throat> yeah, I think you just you just wanted to piggyback off my closing segment. That's exactly hmm. what I did. I, just, I had something to say about it. That's cool, though. No, I think it's important. I said this in a few episodes ago, but I'll reiterate it that the words don't mean anything unless your actions and your body language represent the exact same things that are coming out of your mouth. So if I'm screaming, uh, calm down, breathe, relax, flush it, and I've then thrown my bucket of baseballs into the dugout, those words don't mean anything. Uh, and so it's about stitching together that common thread of what you're saying and what how you're acting or what you're being about or what your body language says stitching that together and making that the whole thing that you present to the people that you coach or lead uh or whatever you do in your life so that's that thank you for uh for listening to another fantastic episode of champions adjust we have two more episodes left in season one We'll take a few months off. We'll come back for season two with more baseball stuff. We got Champions Adjust merch available. Uh, So go to jacksonstone.net for those. And we're rocking and rolling. Thank you for watching. We're grateful for this baseball community and anyone who watches. Cheers. Have a good night. Much love. Thank you. Bud Light, official sponsor. Unofficially, though.